Hi, I'm Jeremy Larson, the Reviews Director of Pitchfork, and this podcast is supported by Pitchfork Music Festival. Pitchfork Music Festival will take place July 19th through the 21st at Union Park in Chicago, Illinois. This year's lineup features Jamie XX, Alanis Morissette, Black Pumas, Carly Rae Jepsen, Brittany Howard, Jay Paul, Muna, Jesse Ware, 100 Gex, and many more. The festival also features diverse vendors as well as specialty record, poster, and craft fairs and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit pitchforkmusicfestival.com. This is the Pitchfork Review. I am Features Editor Ryan Domble, and guess what? It's that time of year again. It's the time where you can't walk a city block without starting to sweat profusely, as I did this morning, when the AC in the movie theater is so good that, yes, you will see the new Transformers movie just to get out of the heat Al, did you see the Transformers movie? I think I'm going to skip that one. (laughs) So, yes, with the summer comes songs of the summer. This is the music that perfectly fits those sweltering days and or nights. And to run down all of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorite songs of the summer of 2023... I've got a couple sharpshooters in the building, senior writer Alphonse Pierre and features editor Jill Mapes. Hey, guys. What How's up? it going? I like sharpshooter. like yeah. that description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's accurate. So before we dive into the specific songs that we're listening to, that we're hearing, I am just wanted to go over the concept of Song of the Summer. Like, what does this mean to you guys? What, is this just shameless marketing? Is this just kind of a ploy by Billboard magazine? Um, what what does the Song of the Summer actually mean? Jill, what do you think? You know, I think for me, I'm a little bit Billboard pilled because I worked there <laughs> in 2010 when they debuted the Song in the Summer chart. And I think in the time since then, the concept of Song in the Summer has really taken off in terms of social media. And mm-hmm. I think the very viral spread of Call Me Maybe in 2012 was kind of a turning point for Song of the Summer. Okay. And I think California Girls, like Katy Perry, that early era of that chart, like these songs that just dominated for weeks and weeks and weeks, we could get into a whole podcast episode of why songs like <laughs> will dominate for half a year now and yeah. how this happens and, and everything. But like, there's a lot of factors, but I think that like Billboard also making the chart, really upping it, kind of codified it, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of made people realize like it's not just the thing in the air that the radio is playing. It's also like a real concept now that labels are really strategically hitting in terms of release dates. Like there is a big marketing tact here. There is a big strategy here of when this stuff gets timed out now. Yeah, I think it has become weirdly more prevalent, but also less conclusive. Yes. Um, (laughs) You know, because, you know, monoculture is kind of not really a thing anymore. Everyone's listening to their own thing. You can listen to any song you want now. Um, Whereas, you know, in the in past decades, you were really beholden to the three songs the radio was playing. 
One thing that I was doing some light research about Song of the Summer, apparently the concept has been around for over a century um, based on a Vox explainer that I just Hell yeah. that I just read. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, um, I don't believe that. Yeah, well, well, apparently, and this stuck out to me in 1907, the Washington Post did an article talking about like summer songs in which a songwriter was quoted saying, it is the song that the drunk is going to sing that is the song that is going to be popular. <laughs> and that's kind of holds <laughs> up. Like, that kind of holds up to, to 2023. But, Al, like, what is what is the song? Yeah, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, Song of the Summer is definitely something I was never like, like at least most of my life thinking that consciously about at least until I started working here mm-hmm. and then everybody was like okay it's it's, it's May it's June <laughs> what, what's what's the song of the summer right. and and then you really had to like start thinking about it I was like oh I guess there are songs that um in past years that have just been like part of my life like whether it's just like sitting on like a stoop or just like going out or it's just uh the song you want to play that puts you in a good mood to set the day off right yeah and that's how i kind of think of song of the summer now is just the what do i want to be the soundtrack of like the best moments of my summer or i can imagine being that soundtrack yeah i think for me it really is about the glaring out of car windows factor still yeah Uh, you know especially in new york it just happens a lot at least like around me in brooklyn and it i i am like kind of always quietly like tracking like which songs are are the loudest coming out of the car which songs are like making my cats terrified <laughs> in the apartment yeah the bass is booming down the block in bedside and you're like oh my god yeah it's that again yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i want to go on a small rant because i do feel like <laughs> i read a blogger say this like many years ago that was like you can't pick a spoon song as a song of the summer and i just want to say like mm. i love indie rock shit more than anybody or i love like I mean, we're going to get into personal picks, but, like, I just want to say that, like, don't be that person that's, like, this home is where song is my song of the summer. Like, you can do that for <laughs> yourself, but don't try to, like, make that the thing with your friends. Like, respectfully, <laughs> song of the summer is bigger than you. And I guess I just want to <laughs> run down really quickly, like, the last couple of years so that people get a sense of, like, these. this is the level of inescapable we're talking about. Like, Baby and Roddy Rich's Rockstar in 2020. Like, Old Town Road the year before. Before that, Despacito in 2017, mm-hmm. Harry Styles as it was last year, which you could not escape from April 1st to like past September. That shit was like dominating the charts. And yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. But at the same time, it's Pitchfork. So we're going to like fuck it up and say the shit that we like. Yeah. But like respectfully, it's not sleepy indie rock. I just got to say like. <laughs> right. There's <laughs> limits. Like there's yeah. a song of the summer of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> but it can't be, like you said, maybe a random emo band. Like, yeah. I don't, maybe that's that's not allowed. Is that what we're Pop, saying? Pop, hip hop, okay. club music. Okay. Move your body to it. Like okay. that, this is this is my vibe. Right. This, these are my rules. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has rules, but this is very firm to me. I feel like that's a solid rule. Um, so luckily for all the listeners out there, we have a corresponding article on Pitchfork.com about the song of the summer. As Al was alluding to, this is something that we do every year. And um, I wanted to start off with a few that I think are on the list. 
these are pretty big songs that millions of people like are streaming. And I'll start off with my pick. It's kind of medium, bubbling, but it's a song called Amapiano by Ashake. And Ashake is a Nigerian artist has really come up in the last couple of years. And I know, Al, didn't you see him uh, a couple years ago? Yeah, I saw him last summer, I want to say. Uh-huh. It was in the Palladium in Times Square. And, I mean, he, he's good to see perform, like, comes comes through with, like, a live band, mm-hmm. saxophone is killing it. And the songs are really, like, anthemic. Mm-hmm. So just everybody just singing along, even if they don't even really know what he's saying. They're still just, like, catching the tune and the melodies. And yeah. so it was really, like, that type of music. Yeah, so this song is one of the singles from his new album, second album called Work of Art, which just came out. And it's called Amapiano, and that is also the name of a genre um, that originated in South Africa in the previous decade. And it's kind of a twist on house music. Yeah. It is, um, it's marked by this kind of shuffling drum rhythm, like chicka, 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 chicka. And it has this kind of bass sound, this like undulating bass sound that's also very distinct. And he's used this style before. And like I said, this song is named after the genre. And I feel like when you name your song after a genre, mm-hmm. it better be a fucking good example like of that genre. <laughs> it's not subtle at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this really is. And I think part of it is that his twist on the style is he he'll add some strings. He had there's this really cool organ lick like in the middle of the song, and you know his flow is is just incredible. You know, it's one of those. It's like, it fits a lot of these rules. Like, you can dance to it. It sounds amazing coming out of a car. Um, and, and yeah, like, it, it's gaining popularity. But this is like, this is, you know, I'm hoping this podcast will be the thing that, you know, takes it to that Harry Styles level. Is it charting at all? What, what does it have heat? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I did see it has like maybe like 11 million oh. plays on Spotify. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like that's a lot, especially with yeah. like a lot of like the Afro pop. I think like the Apple music is mm. a lot bigger. Okay. And YouTube and all that stuff. So yeah. if it's that much on Spotify, it's a lot. There you go. Um, Jill, what is your pick for kind of the popular big song of summer? Yeah, I feel like it's a slight cop out because it's been like my like mainstream song I think is really good and I'm happy to see be at number one for like <laughs> the last <laughs> six plus months mm-hmm. uh, which is is a kill bill can't get enough of that song uh-huh. I, I seriously listen to that song like almost every day I've already done karaoke to that song and oh, wow. was told what it, was that like I was told afterwards by a room of music critics that it sounded exactly like the recording so wow. I'm like 
I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. That's a, a, a take. I don't know. What do you mean that's a take? <laughs> I know, but like, it's not that hard. You want me to bust him out? I mean, I'm not going to say no. I did it all for love. Did it all. I'm no drugs. Did all of this sober. Okay, that's enough. That's my favorite part. Wow. Okay, that, okay, okay. That, no, that shit is like, I fucking love that bridge because it's hilarious because uh-huh. it's just like, did all of this so it's like says like you're never sober you're always <laughs> smoking a fat J not wearing pants in my mind and that's honestly what I want for every summer so that's part of it but I mean it's just a great song my favorite thing about it I'll just say is that I love the way mm-hmm. it goes from like I might kill my ex like I did kill my ex I'm gonna go to jail and then it's like actually I'm going to end up in hell. And I, it's just like that thing of like, she got away with it. Like mm. she's thinking about it. She executes, she's living in fear. And then she's like, actually, I just have to live with this guilt. And that's what's on me. And I like love that shift in the span of such a short amount of time to yeah. like go through someone's head like that. I mean, my problem with Kill Bill is that it's June right now and I'm kind of already tired of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of my issue because I, I still listen to the radio, like, uh-huh. most days. Al is the only person <laughs> under 30 left listening to terrestrial radio. I mean, I love it. I love listening to just Funk Flex at night mm-hmm. for, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And he does this thing where he always plays that song, and he'll stop it midway through and say he hates it, and then keep playing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that, that's, like, his new thing. But uh-huh. I, I'm not at the point with Kill Bill that he's at. Yeah. But I've heard it, like, every day for, like, Two months. Yeah. Ago. But I think part of the su- song this summer is a replayability factor, you yeah. know? Because, like, you're going to hear this everywhere. Can it hold up? And I feel like a song having come out like seven months ago, <laughs> it really tests that theory because, you know, a lot of people have heard this a lot already. To that point, I think that it's both a highly meme heavy song and a radio song and it's kind of similar to the Harry Styles song from last year in that way where it's like able to be annoying on two different platforms and be everywhere on two different platforms that I think you kind of need now like I don't know if some of these other contenders are like have a million TikToks set to them you know in the same way Ever wanted to go inside the Met Gala? I'm Cho Minardi, and this week on The Run Through Vogue, we take you inside the world's most exclusive and glamorous party. We'll talk about the best looks from the red carpet and everything that happened after. Listen to The Run Through with Vogue wherever you get your podcasts. Al, what about, what about your pick for a bigger, bigger song? It was definitely a hard choice for me, but I ended up going with uh, Kendrick and Baby Keem's hillbillies Uh it's just like a really refreshing to hear kendrick in that mode Mm -hmm. having a good time just getting bars off with his cousin yeah and the beat is really cool especially like hearing kendrick over that evil gianni beat with like those pulsating club drums and rhythm right um it's kind of subtle but I mean, Evil Gianni is also a cool producer. He produced that new Earl song, yeah. making the band. Um, and Baby Keem is even tolerable on this. I, 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 <laughs> Such I, a I, hater. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fan. But he sounds pretty good here. I actually think he sounds better than Kendrick on yeah. this. And 
I, I think his voice really works. And even their kind of like back and forth with like their messy like Neymar thing is cool. You had a great column that mentioned this song too, and specifically like the last part or the last verse of the song where they're kind of like Kendrick is like almost making fun of Keem like yeah. in the verse. It's yeah. it's pretty expert, it's just like high level uh, rapping. That's also very funny. Yeah, you need to have like high chemistry to be able to pull that off. Fuck it. Yeah, new devotions. Uh-huh. Keep it focused. Starship. Is that a foreign? A foreign? She's organic. Skin is glowing. My heart is glowing. Like, wow. Split personality. Two phones, two emotions. Like, how? Girl, you get the notion. Around. It's not hard to notice. Yeah, yeah. That's a deep, 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 deep ocean. I'm for their partnership. If they did like an album or, you know, a longer project together, I would be lining up like. That would be great. Yeah, Kendrick has really never done anything like that, mm-hmm. especially, like, I feel like in his post-Pulitzer phase. Uh-huh. He could have the opportunity to, like, branch out and try to just do some shit. Yeah, yeah, have fun. Like, you don't have to wear the crown of thorns <laughs> in all seasons. Um, <laughs> great way to put it. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to um, kind of, like, our more personal picks these are things that we're really stumping for. Might not be huge already, but let's uh, let's go back to Al on this one. What is like your personal pick? The one I wanted to talk about first is Too Humpy, mm-hmm. and that is by Too Humpy, great name, uh-huh. um, which, is, which is like a five-man Philly group with uh, Too Rare, who was one of like the breakout stars of the club rap movement. He's actually a double XL freshman this year. Um, also, Brill, Roud, J Money, mm-hmm. and Brock. Mm-hmm. And the song is just all energy. It's like super chaotic and even starts out with like a interpolation of like It Takes Two, like Easy Rock song. Yeah. And it's not corny for it, uh-huh. and because it's that, really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 and and it, it just it just really works, and the beat is just like has like this like siren effect that's kind of like almost grating, but it's just like it just keeps going, and it's so fast and nonstop, and everybody just jumps in with their verses, almost like how you would picture like one of those like '80s rappers just like rapping in front of like a DJ, just trying to get the crowd to move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We 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 all need something this chaotic this summer. Just lawless fun. I want to rock right now. I pet your house from the hall, I get down. Niggas that talk the most, we don't see them. We've been outside from the M to the PM. It's too humpy, nationally known. Fuck a Rolex, know what time I'm on. Niggas trying to beat me, niggas be clone. You know what I should go to need long. Let's get it. Get money. Get money. Get money. Too happy. I mean, naming your group Too Humpy, amazing. Like, you know, that's clearly great. But also, like, naming your song Too Humpy, Anthem? Yeah. Like, the confidence. You can't lose. Like, you can't lose. Al, I feel like you're a real authority on club rap. And I'm curious, like, to you, what makes a club rap song work? Like, what makes it good as opposed to just somebody who's kind of like, oh, this, this sound is out there. Let me try it. You know, let me try it. Yeah. I think the rapping, it doesn't have to be like, Kendrick rapping, but it has to be interesting in some way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the songs like of, from bigger artists that have adopted the club rap sound have kind of like felt that the rapping is almost unnecessary and that they could just like 
flow over the beat and that's good enough. Uh-huh. But if if you could do that, I would just listen to the beat or just go listen to like any of the Jersey Club, Philly Club, Baltimore Club songs on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, or wherever. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like the rapping in some way has to add something in which I, I think it does here. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's a good point because I think you can't just have like a club beat and then, you know, you have a hit. I mean, that is happening for some, <laughs> for yeah. some folks, but... The worst you... example is the little Uzi Vert. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just want to rock. I just want to rock. I just want to... I just want to rock. I can't stand that song. Yeah. I remember at the Grammys when they did the 50, the 50 years of hip-hop uh-huh. and they they had like you know, Questlove, wh- whoever up there, mm-hmm. and they're like, what's going to be the song that represents the present day? Mm-hmm. And out comes little Uzi Vert doing that song, <laughs> uh-huh. just do- doing the dance that he took from the Philly Goats, like just breathing <laughs> on the beat. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, who is allowing this right now? And, and why is this happening? So, all right, my, my personal pick is a song by the pop artist Roisin Murphy called Fader. This is on her upcoming album. It's called Hit Parade. Roisin is 49, about to be 50. This is talked about in our recent profile that Phil Sherburn wrote. And she's just been like a player on like the outer edges of pop for decades now. And this album is entirely produced by DJ Cozy, who is this wily uh, German producer. He uses a lot of samples in his work. And this, this song, Fader, is full of samples. It is joyous, but, and this is something I want to mention with um, Songs of the Summer, it has some sadness. And I think, Mm. you know, I just generally with pop songs, like these fun songs, it is nice when there is that shade of sadness. And this one has that, like, there's some lyrics about, you know, she's singing about, like, I'll meet my maker, like, sometime a little bit later. Just the idea of acknowledging death, like, in, in a pop song can be kind of liberating, the Sharon yeah. Jones sample. I feel yeah. like people aren't talking about that, but that adds a little tinge of sadness to me, yeah, too, the window shopping. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, yeah it, it, the most prominent sample is of Sharon Jones, like of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings who passed away a couple of years ago, um, another artist who found success later in life. And so, yeah, there is some parallels there that I feel like are really meaningful. And this is another song that is kind of a song about a song, like... There's a line in the song where where she says, like, when it comes to this song, you can't play it too long. And I love that. Like, I just love those kind of self-referential lyrics. And it does play into what we were talking about before, like the replayability. I don't know about you guys, but if I really love a song, I can literally play it like 15 times in a row. This really is not something that that my wife likes. Uh, <laughs> but this is a, a song that I've like put on repeat several times and it just hits. Um, so yeah, I, I would hope that more people would listen to Fader. Yeah. Um, Jill, what about your kind of personal pick? 
Yeah, I, I want to say I'm not like politicking or stumping because I think this song is just for like the people that get it. Okay, uh, okay. It's uh, 100 Gex, the most wanted person in the United States. Okay. The most wanted person in the United States. Okay, sorry. I won't do that every time. But I'm just like, I love this song because... It kind of reminds me of like a Beastie Boys song in the 90s or something where mm -hmm. it's like the beat goes hard, but it's like tactile and kind of, I don't want to say it's novelty, but it's not taking itself too seriously. I turned on the news and it said that I was the number one most wanted person in the United States. The United States, the most wanted person in the United States. I want to shout out a specific line in this song, mm -hmm. which is... Anthony Kiedis sucking on my penis. <laughs> I, just, uh -huh. I just, that's my favorite line in the song. Yeah. And uh, it's just the energy of my own summer. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I I will say this also. I like how it's like turned on the TV. It's like so, I, I just have to sing it. I'm sorry. It's like not like the way he says it is like turned on the TV and I found out I was. Like it's sort of like, <laughs> he's like, huh, I'm the most wanted person in the United States. <laughs> like he's like so surprised surprised by it or like he's not surprised by it i don't even know he's just dumbfounded <laughs> by it yes it, they take it somewhere you don't expect yeah like he's clearly not like wanted by the cops mm -hmm. being chased and so it's easy for me to be like oh maybe the song is just about like having a hot summer and having like a lot of people on your roster mm -hmm. and being super wanted and just being blasé about it and be like, Anthony Kiedis, you gonna suck on my penis. <laughs> Jill, I think you're ready for Gex karaoke. You have all the voice work down. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this needs to happen. From the two most, like, least karaoke motherfuckers <laughs> on the staff. I, 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 I'll watch. I'm You'll attend. I would, I would also watch. Guys, we uh, let's make it happen. <laughs> I'm Nomi Fry, and this week on Critics at Large, we're talking about the delights and shortcomings of the new movie Challengers. It starts Zendaya at the center of a tennis triangle and a very steamy love triangle. Who are her loyalties to? Will she be tempted by the other one? How do these guys reckon their professional playing ambition with their romantic and sexual feelings about this mysterious woman? And such we have it. We have a conflict between three people in a game meant for two. Is it a sports movie or a sex movie? Find out on Critics at Large from The New Yorker. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about some songs that we either have more mixed feelings about or songs that are everywhere and we kind of wish they weren't <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I want to start with Jill because... You have complex feelings about yeah. this song, so. Yeah, we're talking about Padam Padam. <laughs> padam Padam. I don't know. I feel like I always say it wrong, but it's said a lot of different ways. <laughs> we're talking about Kylie Minogue back for another insatiable anthem for the gays, and they are just eating it up, uh -huh. this pride, honestly. Oh, my God. All of the queer people I know that don't care about music, it's like every selfie, like, on 
fucking Instagram is like, padam, padam. And I'm like, <laughs> what does this mean? It's just you. It's not another person. So what is, what are you trying to say with this? Padam, padam. Like, you make your own heart patter, which like, get it, girl. Like, I like <laughs> it, but like, I'm just confused. The gays are just, they're, they're eating it up. And like, I do include myself in that a little bit because it's so bad that it is camp like it doesn't mean sure. anything that it's just so like silly I want to point out she does have a really good sense of humor about herself because there was this clip that went viral of her talking about how there were um, fans that had run through the chorus of Padam Padam into the like robot like the TikTok voice the TikTok voice mm -hmm. um, and she like imitates it and it's pretty great the computer generated voice Padam Padam I hear it and I know Padam Padam <laughs> I know you want to take me home. It's one of the yeah. best like imitations of the TikTok voice I've ever heard. Yeah. So so yeah, no, I think that is good. And it and it brings up some questions as far as like how annoying can a song be? You know, to be too annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a fine line there. Yeah, like so annoying that you're like, it's annoying, but it's like trying it's camp, you know, that you're like, okay, I appreciate it in theory. And then like the 90th time I've heard it, I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, that leads me to my pick. So this is a song that I don't like, but is huge. Yeah. And it's called Calm Down <laughs> by Rayma and Selena Gomez. All right, Rayma's a Nigerian artist as well, and I really like him. Like, Al did a rising piece on him in 2019, but it's so annoying. <laughs> like, to me, to me, it really kind of crosses that annoying threshold, and it's really the, the hook is the kind of the worst offender, where it's just kind of, it's almost like a yodeling thing. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, it's almost like a cat, like wailing, like. <laughs> the calm down part, that's what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't, I get, I feel like that's why it's so popular. But to me, it's why I, I just can't really listen to it. He put out a, another song earlier this year called Holiday, which to me is so much better. Mm -hmm. It's so good. <laughs> and summary, that should be the one, like, for him. Yeah. And it's a little bit frustrating that it's this other one. Yeah, and also Selena Gomez feels like such a random yeah. addition yeah. to it. I'm, I'm like all on the Selena Gomez EGOT train, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, she's a great actress. Mm -hmm. Is she Her close? No, I don't know. <laughs> I just think she's a good actress and I want to encourage <laughs> she that. Close. <laughs> she what, close. What, I have no idea. What, what was the Selena Gomez role that <laughs> drew you in? Yeah, like, was, it, was it like, did she have like a cooking show? Was it, no, it was Is it Wizards of Waverly Place? Like, yes, Chef or whatever the She Selena. does have a cooking show. I know, show. it's not very good. I watched it, Stone. Okay, we don't need to do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> the EGOT campaign starts here and maybe ends here. You're so rude. <laughs> yeah, she'll show you. She'll show you. Please do. Please do. Um, Al, what is, what is your, what's the, what's the song of summer that you, you can't stand? 
this is more than being annoyed. I can't I can't stand the babies shake some. Mm-hmm. And can you call it a comeback comeback record yeah. from mm-hmm. like being like homophobic and a dumbass and <laughs> and it is a it's a club rap song. It's just like hopping on that wave and like bounceish lyrics mm-hmm. with just like, you know, just just shake something and it's with like those uh dance floor directions. I don't know how to dance but can lean and make the ghetto bitch put the hands on their knees. Make the ghetto bitch put the hands on their knees. Make the ghetto bitch put the hands on their knees. Come shake some. Come shake some. It's really just a shameless song because you 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 could just tell the baby has no connection to this sound or style whatsoever, and he's just throwing the usual like the baby like monotone recipe over this. Yeah, and it is just like such a shameless song. It's such a desperate attempt for a comeback. Mm-hmm. And if you go on TikTok, you'll see people just dancing to it with like without a thought in their head, <laughs> just like just like oh the baby dropped a new song, cool. Let's let's do this, let's do this dance routine to it. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, there's so much better club rap out there. Like we were talking about, mm-hmm. you could go from New Orleans to Milwaukee to wherever, and there's so many songs that are like like this and have that spirit, mm-hmm. or like actually fun and not like pretending that they're like this fun time yeah and so it's just like where are we right now that this is that this is like one of the dance songs if there's someone on the inside of tiktok uh listening to this if there's a way to replace like every video that uses like shake some as a sound with two humpy anthem (laughs) just flip it you know what i mean like Press the button, like make that happen, and and we could we could be off to a much better summer. Don't make me call out TikTok employees so you feel shame <laughs> and do it. Just do it, okay? All right. Well, we'll see how we'll see how it uh, everything shakes out uh, with this song of the summer. Alan Jill, thank you as always for uh, stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. I just want to say Anthony Kiedis and 100 Gex 2024. That's that's my write-in ballot. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you, Brian. The Pitchfork Review is a production of Condé Nast. Catherine Fenelosa at Rococo Punch is our senior producer. James Trout at Rococo Punch is our technical producer. Jessica Gramulia is our music supervisor. I'm Ryan Domble. Thanks for listening. You come to the New Yorker Radio Hour for conversations that go deeper with people you really want to hear from, whether it's Bruce Springsteen or Questlove or Olivia Rodrigo, Liz Cheney, or the godfather of artificial intelligence, Jeffrey Hinton, or some of my extraordinarily well-informed colleagues at The New Yorker. So join us every week on The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.